Welcome to Divorce Conversations. I'm here with our guest today. What would you like me to call you? Kathleen. Kathleen. Kathleen, how old are you? I am 42. Where are you from? I am originally from San Francisco. How long have you been divorced? Oh, coming up on 11 years. That's a while. How long were you married? Ten. So you've been divorced longer than you were married at this Officially. point. Officially. How's that feel? Well, it felt really weird a year ago, but now I really, I don't know. I don't really think about it anymore. That makes sense. I guess I don't really have a feeling to it. I think a year ago, it was like a lot shock. Right. That was a feeling. But yeah, now it's, no. It's, was it just shock because you hit the 10-year mark? Is that what it was? Or? Yeah, the fact that it could equate to the same amount of years that I was married was very interesting. And that went so fast. Just time itself, life. Life. Which a single parent, yep. That's true. It never stops. Uh, so ha- you haven't remarried? I have not. You have no. not. But you are dating. I am dating, yes. How long did it take you to start dating? Oh, you know, I would say probably eight to ten, maybe six to eight months, maybe eight to ten months. It took a bit. Um, it's also the busyness for me of just recouping, gathering my own life, moving, just, you know, so many things. But, but yeah. Love gets in the way. Yeah. But yeah. dating started out well because I could date. I did... Um, my first person I ever did was my next door neighbor, so that helped. <laughs> <laughs> Easy access, I suppose, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not easier. hard to meet that. <laughs> yeah, five steps away, not feet, steps. <laughs> but in that time, so you've been dating for the, geez, 11 years. Wow, okay. So you're, are you open to getting married again? Yes, absolutely. Under... I am definitely at that point. Under what conditions? Like, I imagine after a divorce, you're like, okay, well, sh- for some people, it's no, I'll never get married again, or I would only get married again if X, Y, Z. Hmm. I don't know if I have very many ifs anymore. I think, to be honest, I had ifs before, just especially when it came to my kids. Um, if he stays here in my state, that was a big deal. Because for someone to move away or have to move away or was not moving away from their spot or could not because, you know, there's understandable things of work, jobs, whatever. Um, then, yeah, that was definitely a huge one when my kids were young. Mm-hmm. Um, probably other ifs were maybe weird, unique ones. I don't know, just when you're trying to just heal. Uh, right. But now I, I also try to set my life up to and I, I consciously thought of this okay if I'm gonna marry especially as a woman um, for me I'm more of a traditional marriage so follow um, the man in a way where um, I don't have to right like I have a choice it's just I'm used to traditional marriage where I'm supportive and I do I have no problem being supportive of his lifestyle so um, I'll do my best of course we'll need to compromise on some things I'd mm-hmm. like him to compromise but um, I'd like to support him as much as possible. So, yeah, I think I think I don't have as many ifs anymore. Um, but the really the biggest one's moving. I'm still very caught up on. That might be hard. Gotcha. So you're open to being re- remarried, but only if you can stay in the area. Yeah, if possibly, like, just the state. 
the state, the state itself. I mean, it'll be a little harder to move on the other side of the state, but yeah, within the state. Gotcha. You know. That makes sense. So how did you meet your former spouse? Oh, my former spouse. Um, I met him at a wedding. Yeah, oh. a friend was attending. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to dance and meet other friends there. And I, I actually wasn't up to it at all. I was like, can we go do something else, please? <laughs> so, yeah. So your, it was your friend's wedding. It was my friend's, yeah. It's, it's my, sorry, friends of a friend. So my friend was showing up for their friend. And you didn't really want to be there. Yeah, and I didn't know anyone to, you know, other than my friends going. But then there was your former spouse and they asked you to dance. Yeah, well, you know, that whole idea, like, you get there, you're, you're there, so <laughs> you're going to dance or maybe look around, and I did spot this really handsome guy, and I was like, oh, he looks kind of cool and handsome, and I don't know, maybe he's nice, I don't know, so I, um, yeah, I was hanging out with my friends, and then, you know, I think what, I think I did get introduced, actually, at one point, one of my friends from the group introduced me specifically to my former spouse and i think i got so nervous i ran away really <laughs> yeah wow so, <laughs> i okay. ran away i was so nervous i already knew i instinctively had definitely some uh um butterflies yeah gotcha <laughs> which we call infatuation which i knew i wish i had known more of before <laughs> yeah yeah that's the thing a lot of us learned the hard way i call that you know before Real so, love, it wasn't. <laughs> how old were you around uh, at this point, I guess, is, uh, or both of you? I imagine early 20s, if you're both at weddings, all your friends are getting married? or Yeah, that's a great 20s, question. Um, I was around, yeah, you're right, like 20, 2021, 20, just around that time. Same for him? Um, three, four years older than me, depending okay. on the month, yeah. <laughs> Rough, that makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he asked you to dance gets your phone number things progress from there yeah pretty much we just went quickly um as far as like connecting and dating and um interesting enough when I looked back on it at some point in my divorce I realized I was uh date I I had dated him almost the longest really interesting because that was my goal like always date a year uh and we dated two years and that was very unique to me that you know because you we talked you know, uh, I study a lot on relationships and different things. And, you know, you do want a lot of time to get to know the person. But it was very interesting to me that we did date two years. And there was just certain things that still, you know. So you dated for out. two years from, yeah. the, from the wedding. Two years you dated. Holidays, vacations, all of that then. You guys yeah. were able to do. Yeah, we really did. We did everything. And we really did the trips. We did the family. We did the friends. We did we did everything. Um you know, when you uh, embarrass yourself and when you get mad and when you, you have your friends mad at that friend. I mean, we had everything happen. So, yeah, interesting. Wow. That's because that's the thing that a lot of people talk about. I know that's one thing that I, I've mentioned, but they say, you know, you should date for a long time. If you date for a year, you're probably fine. Mm-hmm. Wow. What, what was being married like for you? Um, there are two parts to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> one is what's, you know, marriage like um how that was with him and there is marriage itself in general 
Okay. So I want to just specify really quick that marriage itself, I've actually always enjoyed and I've always had a positive and optimistic outlook on marriage itself. Um, because it's interesting that I would even say that too because I came from a divorce home. But I learned a lot and I taught myself a lot of um, things from reading books and researching. And that's why I got into my study of marriage family relationships. But when I got to studying it myself, I realized that marriage itself was still really beautiful. It's very growing. It's a crucial part of the family um, and of society. And um, it just, it, it can build, um, yes, there's instability, but um, overall there's a stability of the fact of just it's it's groundwork of you know two people mm-hmm. just working at it but um the marriage itself being married to him there was a lot of good moments i do have good memories um which i've put on my shelf which i think is good and then um left the you know not so good ones but uh that was a struggle that was a lot of recognizing in my marriage about myself and about him and things that I don't think I even knew at the time. Yeah. So that was a struggle and it was, and even before I got married, there's more to that. Like, um, why did I get engaged and why did I marry this guy? Well, you've had a lot of time to digest and ask those questions, right? Oh yeah. Lots of time. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So marriage, you feel very positive about Mm -hmm. in general. Your marriage itself, like there's good, there's bad. Was it different at some point? Like, was it always the same and there was just a breaking point? Or was it maybe really good at first and then something changed and then? Um, it was a mix, you know, to be honest. Um, I mean, for me, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, it was really good on good things. It, I mean, I had a lot of things I loved to do. He had a lot of things he loved to do. We had differences, but similarities. So you think, and it sounds like, this sounds great, right? But um, thinking about it, I think um, I knew that I was starting off with someone that wasn't respectful of me Hmm. or as respectful as I knew I already, you know, um, should have been treated. So it's almost like I already signed up beforehand, like meeting him, before meeting him, which can be, you know, something that has to do with me. Um, I'm okay to have this level of respect, you know, or um, a lower level of respect when it comes to myself. And that was, I mean, I would guess, you know, especially with me processing that that came before he arrived. Um, And so when he arrived, it was like, oh, I'll go into this kind of choice and this kind of person. And I don't feel, when I looked back on it, or when I look back on it now, there definitely was not... Um, that was a huge red flag was the respect yeah. level for the woman. And when you say yes, yes. And when you say no, is no, you know, those red flags. So, yeah, we're, we're going to definitely talk about that some more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I'm curious though, now that we're kind of getting into it, what would you, you were married for, you said 10 years. What would you rate your marriage on a scale of one to 10? Oh, you know, I'd probably put it at a seven. Really? Okay. I think that's better than, than a lot of people yeah. who get divorced. Again, it was just, you know, I think mindset has a lot to do with it too. In my perspective, you know, there was a lot to learn. There was a lot of uh, obvious things that I had to learn later. But 
it's hard for me not to view it in that perspective. I just have a hard time uh, separating them. But, um, but yeah, I think, yeah. Solid seven. Yeah, there's just no perfect marriage, you know, even with the That's great true. ones. So I don't know. That's true. That's true. I think, yeah. Okay. So you mentioned red flags. What red flags were there? <laughs> Uh, you can tell I laughed (laughs) right (laughs) Um, but it's because I've learned so much and and, um, it's not a nervous laugh anymore it's more like it's been such a good learning like you know how later you can just laugh at things because Mm -hmm. you're like I'm so glad I learned that you know Um, or just you know only learned that once (laughs) yeah but um, red flags I would say a specific one because I'm related to respect was if a person is not going to listen to your emotions when you're saying I feel uncomfortable with this situation or I feel uncomfortable um, going this fast or I feel uncomfortable physically um, uh, interacting um, with you on different levels they're not going to respect that then yeah that that can become a huge deal especially because it wasn't it was the it was the action that was hard to take in because you know you're with someone that you love or that you're starting to care about or you're starting to really like but your mind is kind of confused because um the the the, what they're giving back is not you know for yourself it's not good for you um, and your emotion, you start, you get the initial emotion, like, I don't like this, or maybe I shouldn't do this, or maybe I shouldn't be with them, whatever it is. Um, and then you start to write yourself off. You start mm-hmm. to excuse yourself, right? At least for me, I started to excuse myself, excuse my, and give my permission to myself, justify myself. And I think what I thought a lot in life, this is interesting that I'm saying myself, keyword, because before I used to say him him when he 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 is all about what that person did right i was excusing myself what i think in my opinion was i was excusing myself out of the relationship and in order for me to cope and to accept the relationship that was in my mind or fantasy then i would need to live within that relationship so i excused myself what i really wanted in order to to get um probably what was not realistic i think in some ways I wanted, um, and those are red flags for me, right? I'm in a fantasy world, um, that it'll work out. It works out, you know, or I don't know. I think I just wanted to, I wanted to be okay that he wouldn't ever do that to me or a guy, I couldn't be treated that way, you know, um, and accept it. So I was in my own denial too, I believe. So I have red flags too for myself. So I'm going to deviate a little bit because you mentioned this where at first you said it was all he, he, he. And then you changed it back to no, me, I was excusing myself. How long did it take you to make that shift? Oh, probably a good three to three to four years. I After think the, the five years almost is like that breaking. Yeah. The heavy years, you know, were right before those five years. Um, I say heavy because I believe, and this is my own theory, but there's a transition of surviving to, um, to, um, really choosing to thrive. 
and it's surviving I don't think there's a wrong or right I think it's sometimes just what you have to do or what you need to do or what the body needs to do or the mind but I wanted to get to a better place to thrive and because I knew the survival mode was keeping me a victim Mm -hmm. and that meant a victim not only to the situation a victim to myself and I really asked myself the question how am I being a victim to myself how am I placing myself as a victim um and I don't say that when someone offends you that they're not responsible. Absolutely are they responsible for their actions. But did I play a part in that? Did I somehow feel it would lessen my respect for myself? Or could I have... Because I was in a scenario where I could leave at home anytime. I could... I, didn't, I wasn't like... You know, I didn't have handcuffs on me. I didn't have things or like marriage arrangements. I didn't have pressures on me to do this or pressures from anyone to get married, honestly. I think honestly the pressure came from myself and that I want to get married bad enough that that's what I'm going to do to get married. You know, like whatever it takes. I don't know. Maybe it was correlating factors and many things. Hmm. Has that, I imagine that doing so has helped you really grow beyond it, right? Because in the first attitude you mentioned, it's more this happening to me. Mm-hmm. And the second attitude, it's much more, well, like you said, what role did I play? Mm-hmm. And it's much more, what can I control? Absolutely. I think when you get a mind shift or mind frame, and this is what I love to teach divorcees, is that when you have a mind shift of like what's happening to me versus what's happening for me, it's a very different perspective. And it's not that I excuse anything that the person has done, nor will I ever it's knowing that uh, it takes two to tango and also even if there's not two to tango you know even if um, that I have the responsibility at that point on to change my actions or who I choose to be with I'm still responsible to that you Mm -hmm. know after this person because some people obviously do things that are um, are definitely coming with their own sort of like uh, their intent is to hurt or be mm-hmm. aggressive or to whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the person's not asking for it. It's not their fault. Like they're not, you know, you, you, in those scenarios, it's, you know, uh, with so much abuse, it's just not okay to, you know, to fully say that. Sometimes just not two people. It's that person just being that way. Um, but can can I myself look back on that and say, but th- from this point on, from this former spouse and on, from my next date I go on and on, am I responsible to that? Absolutely. And that's where the attitude changed. Because then I didn't have to sit in where I was. I could sit in my next date. I could sit in my next day and say, well, the rest of it's up to me. Well, that's really interesting because looking at it that way, that means that moving on and dating and having other relationships is almost a prerequisite for moving past things and moving forward, or at least it was for you. At least for me, yeah. And I think there's a lot of permission. As much as I had weaknesses, there's so many permissions I gave myself to heal. So even though I gave my permission to like give, have several mistakes or have these traumas or weaknesses or hurt that was inside me or developing because of my former spouse's actions, they were there previous to him too. Um, you know, I had to understand that I I still needed to, the biggest thing was I, I just had this driving thing of like, it can't just be all one person, all one thing. 
and I had this one thinking. That's how I got married. I had one thinking. I'm one frame thinking. So I'm like, I just need to get out of this one, one way thinking. Of, of viewing Where, the world the same way. Yeah. Either I'm all doing this or he's doing it or life's doing this. I mean, it's such a one way thinking. It's, it's a correlation of so many things that go into what really happens to us. Um, are we willing to look at those different parts? I didn't even know there's different parts to me. I think that came even later in my life where I went to therapy and the therapist said, and you have different parts to you. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I don't think I even learned that when I was young that I had different parts to me. And when I noticed that, it's almost my mind just expanded. And I'm like, oh, so all the parts of me, wait, they don't have to be all okay. Or wait, I have some weaknesses and strengths. Anyways, I didn't have to fix all of it at once either. There's just a lot of parts, and it's going to take some time, and I'm going to visit each one and see how it goes. Yeah, and some is you, and some is what your former spouse did, yeah, and, and so, some is the world, mm-hmm. and, and but you have to take responsibility for yours, and a little bit at a time. Absolutely, right? and you know what's interesting is when I did take responsibility, I was able to be, as time built on, and it, it became more clear, my voice became more louder, it became not louder as in um, hear me, but more clear. Um, and my boundaries became more exact that I could share these things with my former spouse and I could share how he hurt me. But I shared it in a way where I was coming from a place of hurt. I was coming from a place of this is how I feel. This was my need. And this is what I didn't receive. Hmm. I'm sorry for anything I've done, but I also am sorry for everything you've done. So you still talk to your former spouse. You're friendly enough that you can have communication. Yeah, we've had several forgiveness, let's call them forgiveness powwows, I guess you could say. Um, we've had a couple times of him breaking down, me breaking down, or just tears, which I think are is awesome, right? Um, so, yeah, we've had some... Did that help? Oh, okay. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think when you give permission for yourself to heal, or others to heal, or forgive, and it comes with tough love, you know? I don't know what tough love was, and I would get... It's okay to say something with tough love and say it with mm-hmm. a, a kind in, in a kind way in a logical way that's not over emotional and I, I think also for my weakness for me I was over emotional not not because generally women might freak out because they'll be like oh the guy will say you know you're too emotional it wasn't like that it was that I knew for myself me personally I knew I was over emotional I I granulated things and so that's what what that was my uh uh, band-aid you know what filled wow. the void because I didn't feel heard and I didn't know what to do with that tool how do I feel how do I feel heard so if I don't feel heard then this is what I do and I had lots of things I did when I didn't feel heard and they weren't healthy so wow yeah it was very interesting that's wow I don't think I've ever heard anybody actually say yeah look this is what I did wrong and this is how I handle it and it was terrible and this is how I could do like that's a lot of growth <laughs> that you've yeah. done there. That's really, a, because if you can't do anything about a problem unless you acknowledge it's there, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that's, that's I got to say, that's pretty amazing. That's awesome. So do you think you've, I'm not going to say maybe completely conquered that hill, but have you improved in that sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like 110%. I've exceeded what I've, what I ever even imagined that I would be growing in. So to exceed, I see myself passing that up. Mm-hmm. So yes, have I exceeded, have I excelled? You know, absolutely. Um, but I think because we are in, this is what I also learned. 
just in the last couple of years. If we're in love, mm-hmm. if we're choosing love, if we're choosing even not in love, what if your relationship's not love? What if it's based on hurt and this and that? But if you're choosing to connect and be vulnerable and risk, you're choosing to also care. And yeah. I think I had to give myself permission and for the rest of my life to care. To care that I cared enough to get married. I cared enough to connect with this person. I cared enough. I must have had something that had me going to stay. You know, yeah, I care. Um, did I have other things and other reasons and other um, maybe uh, unhealthy things to stay? Absolutely. But the good part of that, where I really truly used my feelings, because if I didn't care, I think it discounts ourselves and we're saying that we're the liar. Our emotions were fake. We weren't connecting. And I was. That's where I get confused. But I was connecting. Mm. But that's how I pulled it apart for myself was, oh, it's because I cared. I risked it. Yeah. I knew all the red flags are. I knew all the her. I knew all this or this, that, or whatever. And I didn't know a lot of it either. And I still stayed in it because that's, you know, what you get to figure out. That's so, a risk. So going back to the flags, we've taken a, a fantastic detour that I think was great to talk about. Uh, did you miss the red flags? Because a lot of us say that, right, after the relationship's over. Oh, yeah, there were all these flags I miss. Did you miss them or did you just ignore them or? Oh, I interpreted that question two ways. Interesting enough. Okay. But did I miss the flags? What you probably meaning, if I'm hearing you right, is did I not notice them? Yeah. Did you not notice them or did you just rationalize them away? Um, one thing is because I came back to myself is that when I recognized that I had issues before I met this person, that was a golden nugget right there because I didn't recognize those red flags because I didn't recognize the red flags in myself. That is amazing. You've done a lot of growth. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) So I'm riding on these red flags, right? I'm entering on a white horse. I'm running on in on a train. I'm just... I'm rolling with those punches and you know com- misery loves company. It's the same thing, you know, if you're hurt, you're getting you're getting hurt. You're alone, you want a loneliness. You're depressed, you're going to have it. You're going to find it. It's just being human, being imperfect. And sometimes we will find that measure that equates to where we're at. And I was hurt, I was traumatized. I had a lot of things. Um and I wanted my partner to meet those things and take care of them. And I, I'm sure he wanted me to meet those things and take care of them too. You know, I'm probably going to still have to practice that the rest of my life of yeah. how do I deal with that. But yeah. What's that saying? Did I know? I don't know. if I. Yeah, I didn't recognize them all. Because a lot of them were your own and you had to grow. I had to them. grow. Wow. So you're married 11 years. All this stuff's happening. What was the breaking point? Um, I think for me, the breaking point was the build up of what I didn't want to see. Um, but it also was the build up of what I didn't see coming because of the actions of my former spouse. And that's real. People are going to do things that are going to blindside you and just hit you sideways and be like, wow, I didn't see that one coming. Like, <laughs> that's true. Uh, there's many things that we do see coming and we'd rather not look at. And I think definitely it was both of those. Um, what really hit is can this person have the same um, 
respect that I have for them? Can they treat me well and take my emotions, um, because especially for women, seriously? Can they, even when they don't agree with them, even if they, you know, um, if I feel uncomfortable with something, hey, can you please stop doing that? Or even to the point of like, even if, hey, can we not hold hands? I really don't want to hold hands. Like, I know it sounds so small and it's not, you know, it can go into bigger and greater things of um, disrespect. Um, but I feel uncomfortable is the literal feeling, like we are literally telling men, we feel uncomfortable. Like we're not joking, we're not bored, we're not playing games. I literally feel uncomfortable. I need you to stop. So there was a lot of, sounds like, touch and intimacy issues. Yes. So, which our actually relationship and intimacy were really great. It was actually fantastic. However, you can see clearly that there's two sides of the story each time. Is because how great was it really? Um, there's just risk to everything. And I think I had to um, decide like, what was I gonna do with the overall hit when it hit? And so yeah, it came in very crazy. We also had very different perspectives on religious beliefs. Um, and for me, I just, I, I have some key things for myself that are just key, like I wanna stick with. And they crossed so many boundaries when it just wouldn't, when they were crossed, I find when people choose their choices religiously or where they're at spiritually for themselves when it starts to hinder my self-worth like well I get to choose that but when it starts to hinder um or harm my myself and they are harmful then that's where I'm like this isn't okay Hmm. it's not okay like and now I have a discussion of course hey this is how I feel this is what's going or sometimes I wouldn't have any discussions I learned in my marriage I stunk at communicating with my my needs I was great at communicating everything else but if I needed something oh no you don't have needs you don't have needs like why would we communicate that it was fear driven it was why would you say that it's a waste of time um he's gonna think this of you it was it was a self-worth and insecurity thing you know there's a lot driven driving for me too but what what he chose to do yeah not not the not the best for uh, marriage, uh, the trust <coughs> issues. So it was, you know, everything hits the fan. It was kind of last minute altogether. Um, what was last minute? Um, the Just the, okay, you don't want to be religiously involved in your religion. You don't want to practice it. You want to go do your own thing. You want to party. Like, just different things that I'm like, this is really different. Also, it was bringing more of a single life into the marriage um yeah there were just a lot of and then the respect part you know um and I think I had re- I, well, I don't think I had resentment that had been built from the first day of us dating okay. because of that and so it was the build-up that was the explosion so, so I knew from the beginning in myself that's something I wouldn't admit to myself it was my little secret so there was issues of resentment there was issues of, of boundary, which is usually a safety issue, a, a feeling of, yeah. of not feeling safe. Mm-hmm. There was issues of intimacy and touch, which again, not feeling safe. And then there was a, sounds like a profound change in values. Yeah. Was there a point where you went, like this night, I'm gonna end it. 
and like for example for me with my spouse there was the passing away of a family member mm. and I had to go through that by myself mm. and that was my breaking point I couldn't handle it after that and I went and I sat down with my spouse and I said this is what I think is happening am I right and she says you're right and so we decided to end it was there something similar to that with you or was it more just hey we just hate each other (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we I don't know if I ever got that far um uh, but yeah I was uh, very angry but yeah I don't think I got it we just hate each other um we had built again we dated for so long we had built a friendship so maybe I should make that clear there was a friendship that had been there um and there was good things to this person um they didn't mean excuse their behavior but I had to recognize that they were there I couldn't just ignore those two if I was going to recognize everything and that's where it became hard is that I recognized all what he had done what I had done but that means I still had to accept all the good things too of this parts of these, this person because so you know when you recognize something that's hard or they're hurtful or abusive it's like you I think a lot of times we don't want we, we kind of give ourselves the excuse like then I don't accept the rest of it okay because now I have a reason to not like them or hate them and it's like that's not the full circle you know a person encompasses everything mm-hmm. so if you you know you're gonna be authentic not just to yourself but others then it's like okay I need to look at this and sometimes we don't have, we don't have to accept everything but I need to look at the whole part and that's yeah so yeah I think the decision to get divorced came from ours was a little bit of a uh, what do you call it when you're uh, you're learning it along the way I because I was approached first for a divorce then I was shocked I didn't know this was happening in my marriage that I would be approached by my former spouse to get divorced <laughs> then time went by and I thought oh maybe that's a good idea because maybe what I'm thinking what my marriage was isn't what I thought it was I'll approach it so then I approached it and obviously got to myself got myself to a place where yeah, maybe there's something I'm not seeing. Um, and so I approached my former spouse and, you know, I offered, like, I did have that defining time. It did take a few times because there, I give time, um, learning, therapy, anything that can possibly help to resolve the marriage first. There was nothing left that I saw to give without losing completely myself. And that's where it got to. That's not okay that I lose myself. Mm-hmm. I had my boundary. Mm-hmm. So this is where we end. So I went to him and said, you know, I want a divorce. Well, after I had chosen that I want a divorce, it would just be a few months later that then he'd come to me and say, I, I don't want a divorce. So it was a very mm-hmm. confusing, and then, you know, your heart's in it, and, you're, and then it just so many. And we had kids, you know, kids are involved. So it's like, really? So then again, I had to really, like, find... Well, it was great because I had to say for search for myself. Who am I? What do I want? Mm-hmm. And so that's when I, I. But I do want this divorce still. So it was a lot of this kind of back and forth, not one thing you approach and then no 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 and then the other one approaches and then yeah okay and then the other one says well wait maybe I don't want to. I think that's true for a lot of 
divorcing couples, right? Nobody just one day wakes up and says, yeah, okay, let's do it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm really shocked with the like, 1% or, you know, the very few people that can do that. Um, it just, it, I don't know. It just doesn't play that way in my mind. That makes yeah. sense. So who actually filed for a divorce? I did. How would you describe the divorce itself? a great question um describing oh it's like this process i the best way to describe it honestly is probably a roller coaster ride like you you're first shocked and so you're kind of going out of it like into the seat you're buckling up okay you know we're getting started somewhere what the what, what, what did we just sign up for? Or what's going on? And someone's like, no, just sit down. Just put your seatbelt on. You're, you're good. You're good. Okay. And then you're going along and, and it starts speeding up. And then you're like, okay, this was good. And then you just feel really uncomfortable. And then like, there's some scary points and you honestly think it couldn't get worse than this. And you start dropping a couple of those drops in the roller coaster. And you're like, this is horrid. This is like the worst ride ever. I want to cry. I want to scream. I'm so pissed. I'm so happy. I'm so, <laughs> what am I? Like, you're just a mess, a beautiful mess, you know, a mess. I remember crying and crying. Oh, my gosh. Mad and irritable and frustrated and tired. I'm so tired. I'm so... I think I fell asleep on that roller coaster a lot. And, you know, your body, your mind can only take so much. So it's almost like that coma state. You're in a fog. Mm-hmm. I think half, you know, and then you're like, oh, I got over that one. And then you're going to incline up. Oh, yeah, got over that one. Wait, maybe this is not so bad. This is the ride of life. This is the jo- This is the journey, you know. Oh, gosh, this is the journey. And then I think it was like year two or three where the gloves come off and you have to say to yourself, I'm coming out of denial oh crap, this is my reality. Or these are my red flags. This is what it was for me. When I started to turn in for myself and what I viewed and how I saw, what does this have to do with me? (laughs) Then, holy moly, like there was a lot that came from him, from my former spouse, a lot. A lot of hurt and it coupled with my ride. It coupled the whole way when I had to look at myself and see also where I was coming from and what I had brought to the marriage. Ugh. Oh, it was so much. And I thought those drops were hard. No, they were straight, straight down. They were, there were levels of high, you know, I had my so high on an incline and then just dropped straight down. I literally thought I was going to hit the ground that it would end. Like that would be the last hill. Like I just, you know, how you get to a point where you're just like, this is my breaking point. Like I cannot do anymore. Like I'd rather just be gone. Yeah. I'd rather just be gone. And so it's just that help that, you know, on roller coaster, you're like, get it done. Yeah, I'm just gonna, we're not gonna make it, you know? Um, and then towards those last couple of years, it's um, those smaller hills again. It's uh, your grief isn't as often. It's, it's months now before something happens. Your triggers, they don't happen as often. They're spread out, you know, weeks, months, years, um, a lot of things. And that's where I learned about healing is when you're healing, it's doesn't that it's not that things just stop, and that's why sometimes you heal for the rest of your life. Um, but it's that things get uh, the time to the, at the time you're gonna hit a trigger, or you're gonna hit uh, uh, 
an emotion or anything that came from that experience, it's going to be longer the next time if you're healing. And sometimes you'll go years and then have something out of the blue. So mm-hmm. you measure it by, you know, the time that it takes before the next one. And if it's expanding, it's getting longer than you're healing. And, and that's enough. That's okay. So you had, it sounds like the first couple of years, <laughs> a lot of highs and a lot of lows. I'm guessing oh, yeah. new highs and new lows. Extreme. And then after a couple of years, you went further between mm-hmm. those really high plateaus and those really low. I mean, I'm sure even now there's times where you're like, man, I can't, and you just get stressed out from, and it kind of eats at you. But like you said, I'm sure it's a lot less often now. And then when you get there, it's not as traumatizing yeah that makes sense yeah it feels like an emptying out of like when you're just emptying things out of your bucket and towards the end it's kind of like you're just getting the last of that out of the bucket and you know they're gonna still be some sand grains in there but but yeah until someone starts comes up to you and throws another chunk in your bucket (laughs) you know that's where you get your triggers you're like oh wow like i just went on a date with that guy or i just went on a friendship or i just made a friendship with someone or i just you know i went to this and you know, there's just people that come in your life that can also trigger it too because, you know, yeah. you're doing life, your job, your boss, anything. So your kids, oh, my goodness, I'd get, yeah, some of any of those. Sometimes we live through our kids like they remind us of our former spouse. They mm-hmm. look like our former spouse. Yeah. They look like us. They act like us. They act like our former spouse. And they're going from house to house, so they're bringing those. And we're not recognizing that those are coming into our homes, you know, part of them. And then part of us is going into theirs, so... It's been interesting. You know, it's funny. One of the things that really triggers me is when friends or, or family members will look at my kids and they'll say, oh, man, she looks just like her mom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know why, right? That shouldn't set me off. It's, it's just an observation someone's making. But it does. It absolutely yes. does. It does. What we love most will be definitely the opposite. What we hear, oh, that beautiful baby that's born. It just looks just like its dad. Oh, my gosh, I'm so happy. He's so beautiful. And then that same line can just cut us sideways. Um, Again, because of the risk, the vulnerability, the willingness to connect. So I had you rate your marriage 1 through 10, rate your divorce 1 through 10. Rating two different things, right? Okay. <clears throat> One is the experience of being married to your former spouse. Your experience, your personal experience. Yeah. Now, your personal experience as far as the divorce goes. Ten, this was fantastic. Loved it. Would do it again. <laughs> My personal experience of being married to that person or being married no, itself? No, the, the divorce. Oh, the divorce? Yeah. Oh, the, the divorce r- Yeah, me. rate the divorce actually itself, one through ten. Of how great that was to go yeah. through it yeah yeah my mind goes to two things it goes from a two to a ten because of the roller coaster you were talking about yeah because it was hard but i learned everything i needed to learn from it it's mm. an interesting perspective so i'm giving you two numbers <laughs> no that's fine that's fine it's it's it more from- I guess I'm trying to get a baseline, especially if anybody listens to this who's never been divorced, right? Like, as far as experiences in your life, yeah, this is going to suck, <laughs> right? It's, it's hard to, for me, so I believe that the correlating thing of learning and, or learning something 
versus what I've gone through, which is, uh, you know, experience. So there's a two where it's extremely horrific, uh, hard experience. But the learning and the growing is a 10. Like, there's just no way of pulling those two apart because opposition is in everything. And right. so those two things have to be together. It's like pulling, you know, you can't have the sun without the moon. You're pulling the light from the darkness. You know, it's just... That's how I look at things. It's like they have to sit in the same room. Makes so I sense. get the two and I get the ten. So that said, do you wish you'd stayed married? Stayed married to the person? No. Stayed married? Yes, because I love marriage. I miss marriage. Um, could I fought harder? I think sometimes when I think in the pers- perspective of marriage, I could have fought harder. Um, in a marriage prospect or the person I married, I don't see that that was the option because um, let's go right back to what I said before was uh, when I was engaged I initially when I was saying yes uh, after I had said yes I uh, called off the engagement I didn't want to marry the person hmm. I returned to be engaged and get married knowing that I didn't that I had already said no and I think I uh I don't think, but I know that I, um, and I told my former spouse this, uh, I said, uh, in a very good conversation in our healing conversation, he didn't see it coming, but you know, we had a couple already and I said, I'm sorry. And I apologized to him. I'm sorry that I want to be honest with you. I put on the engagement. I wanted to not be engaged. I don't, I didn't want to marry you and I'm sorry that I went ahead and I married you. You just did it because you wanted to be married? I'm not quite sure everything. I said, I know I cared about you. And I know I had very strong feelings for you. But I also knew that I wasn't uh, being authentic with myself and supporting Mm. myself. So part of me was not in the relationship, you know, that I was abandoning myself. I said, I just really shouldn't have married you. I knew there was something better. How long did it take you to come to that conclusion? Uh, I think I was on my sixth year and I ended up telling my former spouse and it always ate at me. It's kind of interesting. Like I would, I never found that there's these things that are kind of hidden or we hide from ourselves. It's kind of like hide and seek with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then when you're willing to go find them, when you're willing to really go deep and go, that's why I love the power of what, it, what does it have to do with me? I mean, I need to write a book on that. I'm just going to tile it now. <laughs> what does it have to do with me? Um, it is a big deal. It really is because it doesn't mean I didn't return. And a lot of people might be thinking, oh my gosh, all she's saying is about herself. Like how she is putting all on her. It's not that at all. I got to a point where I could now voice my needs. I can now have boundaries. And so when I approach my former spouse, or if it's even from the past and I need to resolve something, I am very clear and it's sometimes blunt about it. Because no longer is it about him. It's about what I need to be doing that's authentic. And... Yeah, you hurt me. This is what you've done. And I've shared with him what he's done, what's happened, what's, you know. Um, but I've learned a lot. And, you know, just different things you learn. So all that said, now having gone through everything, the engagement, the marriage, the divorce, how do you feel about <laughs> your future right now? <laughs> my future is bright like the sun that's coming through my window. <laughs> <laughs> no, my I get future. the feeling you rehearsed that. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I'm looking out this window and I just see all these sun, the sun, sunbeams coming in, and uh, yeah, that's really cheesy. But no, seriously, I my future is bright, and I've 
I have, um, when you are, when you, and I practice a lot of meditation, I practice a lot of spirituality with coming to an authentic self and coming to truth and being in light and you leave the fear. When you come to that space, it's just, you, you can't believe that. It's just hard not to believe that good things are coming. However, it doesn't mean I'm perfect. I'll have days that I'm like, I don't get this. Or why is this happening? Or this isn't matching with this. Mm-hmm. You know, or why isn't my dating working out? You know, there's a frustrations or my former spouse, he, you know, he's not going to change tomorrow. He's not changing ever. Sometimes our former spouses, sometimes we, you know, have parts of us that are still, we're still working on, but our former spouse isn't going to change. And I had to come to that resolution too. It's not going to change. Like a lot of these things are not going to change. So the only power I have is what I'm going to change. So my future looks bright because of how I view my future, my new day. That makes yeah. sense. That's good though. I think that's okay. Well then let's, being objective then, <laughs> what are, and I'm, and I'm going to ask you both sides of this. So what are some of the negatives that came from your divorce that you had to deal with? That's a great question. I think one of them, just because I have an insecurity and fear, is uh, the financial instability. Um, there's a financial stability to someone that needs to pay to support to the kids and to yourself if you know alimony is being um, supported or if that's even in that former spouse's mind frame because some former spouses don't believe in it. Um, and I think that was one of the things that was really difficult because they say that you know you're getting divorced to part and leave but at the same time you don't ever get to really leave um this was my thinking you don't get to really leave because of fine because you have financial ties even though it's securing your children their support and future when you have when you have the reality that you know you're not with this person and you had emotions with them And then you still have to stick in it with them because the supports of the kids are important. It's a constant, like, every day, like, trying to clarify, like, clarify, like, okay, I'm not trapped in this. You know, it's just kind of, it's kind of an oxymoron. What do you call that? It's kind of like, I'm out, I'm free, but you're not because you're not, you know? Um, Because you want to hold them accountable to their family and kids. You want to hold yourself accountable. You know, I wouldn't want my former spouse to be like, actually, it's okay that Kathleen doesn't do anything. Kathleen doesn't take care of the kids and have them have her time with them. She just ditches them. Like, that wouldn't be okay, right? Uh, so right. you want to hold the person accountable, but it still makes you part of that environment together. Like, you don't get to fully leave that environment with your former spouse. And they'll have birthdays and weddings and all the stuff that still, you don't get to fully leave ever. So it's like you, so there's the financial instability that comes from it. And then there's this feeling of, I guess you're still attached to some of the worst parts of it. Yeah, you can still be attached. I mean, then there's, you know, people that their children turn 18 and, or the um, um, supports ended, like my alimony, that's ended. And I literally felt the detachment, the connection of that leaving. Like it was... Like, it was so nice when really? I heard, yeah, my former spouse had texted me and just said, oh, the the alimony has ended, you know, and I was like, really? No. And then I thought, wait, 
you're right. And it was, oh, like I just felt lighter. So the, the ending of alimony kind of facilitated a break. Mm-hmm. It let Breath. more of that connection dissolve. I could come up for air. Yep. It wow. helped me to come up for air and just be like, oh, like. That's yeah, really interesting I, because I, I would be willing to bet that most women would not give up alimony. Like if I had talked to you, let's say two months before that happened and I said, do you want to voluntarily give up alimony? My guess is you probably would have been like, no, I, I'm guessing entirely here. Yes, yeah, so there's a thinking that I have, and maybe not everyone has this thinking, that I am going on the thinking of bonding and connection. And what I'm trying to disconnect, um, not this is a different disconnect. What I'm trying to disconnect from a sport, former spouse of something I had, I don't know. I no longer live in the past. I've been studying for two years about time, and what it means to be present. I don't live there anymore. And so when I have to go back, or I choose. When I'm placed in a place where someone needs to come back and support that past of what happened for the future, for the future of my children, that doesn't set me in my present very well. It sets me in my past. And so when that was gone, it was like, ah, now as financial support and to support my kids, I need it. I do need it. I don't want to get rid of it because that gives me other issues that I have. So there's this tie between I want to keep it and I don't want it. But what I'm talking about is when I don't want it is because I want that connection and the rest of that stuff to be in the past. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be tied to me or the tying of that, you know, me getting the phone calls, the texts, the what, because I'm still, I'm still, what do you call it, when you're communicating with the person, you're still like interacting. Mm-hmm. Even when we don't talk that much, we're still interacting in the silent, like back and forth of, you know, and so you have to really get to a point of, okay, we're just parenting. Okay. They're just caretaking, okay? They're just giving money, right? You have to get into this mindset that this is there's no emotional attachment. Um, and so for me, that takes time because I'm like, it goes back to like, I, I already initially like financially when I married you, when you do service, when you do all these things, I already was connecting with him. And so, yeah, financially, Somehow, I don't know when alimony disappeared. It's like I got a disconnect. So maybe I emotionally got attached to that traditional way where you know the husband takes care of the wife. There's an emotional connection, but I loved that connection when I was married because I was so proud of him. I was so proud that he brought the check. He was so proud he brought it. We were so proud that our family got a benefit from it. Like it was a very glorious thing, right? And so, yeah, do I want to do that again with someone else? Do I have any ill feelings with that? No, but with the person, that person's not there anymore. So when that one got to go, I'm at the point where there's a lot of money that could be paid towards child support, a lot of support, a lot of things that legally, let's talk law, if that was there, it would be needed and the law would say, here it is. However, because I've come to connection and what does it mean to me, what does it mean for the other person to let them go and to let them have it, I would choose for me for them to not pay a penny. I would remove it all. Because I want to live right now. I, I don't want to live that, you know, I don't. They don't let you. They kind of keep you tied. It's not even them. It's us. We're both in it. We're both tied. We're both doing it to each other. And so that's the, there's the rewards to marriage. Those are some of the consequences to divorce. That is the risk you run. Okay. You want to believe there's no attachment or connection. There, there's an attachment before, after, and there, there will be some kind of form 
Yeah. That makes sense. And so you learn to, you know, detach. So conversely, what are some of the positives that have come from your divorce? Oh, it there's been like a lot, lot of positives. A lot of positives. A um, lot. I mean, swimming with myself, that's the greatest positive. Um, my family, my kids. Um, when I talk about myself, I'm talking about the whole family core, me and my kids. Um, there's been a new perspective on really recognizing divorcees, um, respect for them, respect for the culture of it, the respect for the social life of divorcees and how there's this whole community, supportive community. It has its, you know, downfalls and stuff, but it's not perfect, just like any community, but it's a place I've never been because I was only married before. And when you're divorced, it's like, wow, I didn't know this community existed. Like, it's right. just really yeah. cool. You know, you know, like the activities to, you know, um, you could do any event or, you know, it's just interesting uh, what they what we create from where we where from a place we've never been like okay it's time to create <laughs> this mid singles community really good at that because you have to and i think a lot of that has to come with survival and i think you know survival of the fist but i think survival is very good for us but uh thriving is better so, so. you've grown as a person and you've developed new social connections it sounds like that are very yeah. very everything's new important to you you're still creating out of yeah creating everything new in your present state and i've been trying to do that like what is what is the past what's new what's my new emotion what's my new friendship what's my new connection what's my new dating what's my new partner where is he what is he like um because that's where i want to sit so it is a little weird when i go back to these supports of my former spouse because i'm like why are you still in the picture (laughs) yeah yeah right there's still that tie that you're trying to move on from yeah just wrapping up our interview so we talked about some of the negatives we talked about some of the positives uh how would your friends describe you as a person <laughs> that's so funny you ask because i just asked them that the other day like literally i said what are five things you would say to describe me <laughs> okay <laughs> and i did get uh you know that's five timely. of my friends <laughs> responding so from what i recall i won't look it up on my phone let's go from recollection recollection uh energetic um, um, generous, fun. Uh, I think it was like something about learning, like knowledgeable, and uh, uh, hopeful, resilient, inspiring. Those. those are all good ones. That's why they're your friends, right? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So, how would your former spouse describe you? Uh, <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> wow, that's funny. Um, I think um, my former spouse would say um, a good mom and a uh, good person. Um, um, responsible and respectful. Um, my former spouse would also probably add, though, like, uh, what do you call that? Like, opinionated. I definitely would be opinionated. <laughs> um, he would say energetic, spastic, silly. But, um, opinionated. 
probably any words that are correlated with that. <laughs> Anything that matches with opinionated. Um, <laughs> strong-willed. Strong-willed. Uh, yeah, like, you know. Uh, okay, so how about the flip side of that then? How would you describe your former spouse? Oh, um, I think I would describe... Um, wow. It's interesting. You think I think of things right off. <laughs> uh, well, I'm realizing I think a lot less about him in my day because I'm thinking about all the things I need to get done. That's good. <laughs> That's um, good. So, yeah. Um, I would think um, that... So there's this uh, childlike part of him. Uh, also reserved um, determined and uh, I I would have give it to him he's pretty freaking resilient for what he's been through and what he's had to deal with uh, but also um, oh what do you call it when someone does stuff without thinking um, very uh, very uh, they don't I should know the word for that. Think about it before they do it. Not impulsive. Um, impulsive. Impulsive? Yes, thank you. Definitely impulsive. Absolutely. Okay, well, not boring. That's good. Yeah, no. <laughs> funny and, yeah, there's some... Likes to have fun entertainment. Yeah. So, since your divorce, we talked about the ups and downs and the roller coasters and all that. I think there's a reputation aspect it as well so I'm curious what kind of things have been said about you oh as far as my reputation yes as far as as far as divorce goes like I think a lot of divorces there's a lot of accusations sometimes they're false or a lot of well this person you know they're just insane that person likes to set the drapes on fire you know that kind of thing so was anything any any kind of smearing was there anything like that post-divorce Oh, post-divorce? Yeah, the accusation. Or, you know, sometimes some of the worst things that were said to me were said by the most well-meaning people. Oh. And they, I remember one gentleman, a friend of the family, he pulled me aside months later, and I noticed uh, he'd been giving, actually, it might have been like a year or two later, he'd been giving me the cold shoulder for a while, and I kind of sensed it, but I didn't, it was enough that I made a big stink about it, right? And finally, one day, he, he pulls me aside and he says, you know, this isn't the end for you. You can repent. <laughs> and <laughs> I just kind of had to look at him for a second. Like, you have no comprehension of what I've been through. <laughs> so I'm just, I guess I'm curious. What are some of the more, the things that kind of stand out for you? <laughs> well, that's very interesting you say that. And I don't know if this is a guy thing or not, but... The exact same thing happened to my former spouse. Really? Uh, it was a stranger pulled him aside in his own home and said that it's not too late. Yeah, you can repent or you can make things right or you can forgive. He was yeah. giving him quite the, yeah. So, I don't know. That's just interesting that you said that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe guys, maybe their, you know, approaches that way. But um, this was a stranger too. They just had, you know, um, a friend of a friend. Um, 
I think uh, I'm totally spacing the question because I said that. What was I was question? just wondering what kind of things have been said about you or oh. to you since the divorce. I think that there's sometimes some judgment that goes along with being divorced. Um, that makes sense. I ha- I thankfully have had a supportive family, uh, friends. My former spouse's family may have said some things. I didn't give time or heat or an extra ear to that stuff, and so I didn't go out of my way. Um, I most of the time I ever heard anything interesting enough would be my former spouse saying, "Well, when I." would get running my mouth or, you know, when other people say these things about you and I'm like, wait, what? Other people say things about me? And it would be um, only, like, people he knew, his friends Ah. and things and only his family. I thought, oh, well, you know, maybe you have something to do with that, with what you're (laughs) saying around them, you know? Um, But is that the case? I don't know. I'm sure a lot of friend or family had hurt feelings because they didn't understand the full scope of the situation so yes some of the stigma or judgment can come from uh, loss of information if the family members are asking information one from a person like my former spouse for example and the person is not willing to give the correct information they have all the right to lie and change it and disguise it and whatever they do it gets to be what it is um wasted energy over that who cares that's my perspective you want to talk the way you talk you want to give your family or someone else a different perspective of me whatever that you just wasted a lot of energy even if it was true um but the sad part is is when it is something that could be good and that they could be hearing the truth they would have gotten so much more uh validation and understanding and gone oh she did want to be with us? Wait, she did want to have this? Or, oh, she's just trying to protect the kids? Oh, oh, you just do want to have, you know, this kind of relationship? Like, they they would see, I think, a lot of other things. Uh, but it all depends on who's the spokesman, right? Yeah. Now, did I feel like a times heck yeah, you know, that temptation, especially divorcees. Yeah. Or even people that are experiencing people that have been divorced, their loved ones. You just want to pick up that phone and you got some few words to say, you know, like it is such a temptation. I think that's normal and natural. And it's like, I'll give you a piece of my, or I'll set this straight or I'll, I wanted to do that so many times, especially in my processing. I just always came down, did my right or wrong. I have no idea. I'm still figuring this out, but I, I think life's too short. And it is true when you get older, I used to always laugh at the older people like, oh my gosh, you're just totally stepping this aside. But it's true. I've been visiting people that are dying right now. Life is too short for it. It's too short. And I've had plenty of people and family members and parents die already. And I'm just like, you know, when you get a different perspective, and you know, I, I tried to say, you know, what if my former spouse died tomorrow? It's too short. Yeah. To so um, anything that's said about me usually came from my former spouse. I hardly would hear any specifics, but it would be that it was hard on them and we want to see more of the kids, but we're not able to see them, you know, Yeah. or we're not able to see you guys getting along or whatever it is, you know. Um, but also, if I talk to them, they probably hear also that we actually do get along. That's good. And we have had a lot of good situations. We've gone to the movies. We've gone to out to eat while we've been divorced, you know. Wow. 
And yeah, so there were scenarios. He had times that were really hard. He came and talked and it's like, okay, just share. Okay, you broke up with your girlfriend. Okay, share. All right, okay, I'm done now. There's my boundary, you know? Yeah, got to so set boundaries. it's not multiple. It's not often. It's just, okay, this is because you got to get to a point, right, that you look at them as a human being with feelings that still, just as you want respect and love, that still has the right to be respected and loved. You, you know? know, one of the best things that I think I've did, and I'm going to toot my own horn for a second, I, I'm very proud of this, is my kids have never heard me call their mom a name. Mm. Never. Not Huge. once. And they never will. I will not say that I never do. No. But I could probably count on one hand the number of times that had, and it was in very private settings with someone specific and very close to me. Mm. But it's not something my kids will ever hear, and I don't certainly say that those things to her uh, when we do communicate, especially because I realized very early on that my divorce was going to be very contentious. So every time I communicate yeah. with her, be it a text message, an email, or by phone, whatever it is, not that we talk much by phone anymore, but whatever mm. it is, I assume that a judge is going to read it at one point. Oh, yes. When it's still legality. Yeah. And I think if, if for nothing else, then I don't want any more trouble later. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the best thing that I've done that, or one of the better things that I've done to that just, hey, that's not going to happen here. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be a thing. Or, um, she might, sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, well, I won't say anything about her but I know that for that's something that I refuse to engage in and I think that's helped a lot and I think that that's good for my children's mental health as well as they get older letting them know that this is not a thing this is not how we're going to handle this yeah it's huge yeah I think it helps Um, so okay it's my last question Uh, and you've been pretty open so I'm not sure how much is going to be here but and and maybe for you, it's not so much a clearing your name. Maybe for you, it's more of a, hey, you can learn from this. You can get better. But what do you wish people knew about your story? Well, one, and it's to bounce off of your last comment. There, I'm realizing there is a reason to what the courts say. There's a class that they do. They It was at one point not required in Utah. Now it's required. I don't know if it's been removed since... I had to take it, but you take the class before you can get divorced. And I love that in the class, they said one thing and it said to not talk badly about the other spouse in front of the children. Huge consequences and huge benefits when you don't do that. And so I strongly support exactly what you're saying. It is necessary starting studying psychology and the family for years now it it is so important and then going through it myself is like yeah they're right like you know and we're not going to be perfect in it I mean some people might be like oh crap I can't rewind that but obviously we can do better you know but yeah it, it it's a big deal I I think that's one learning take it seriously what they're saying in the classroom I mean sorry yeah the classroom from the courts those people are psychologists they're study they're researchers they're trying to come up with the minimal questions and the minimal class time of what is the best information that we can give to these families because we care, because we want a stronger society. A society only exists, and it's only as strong as the family. So, you know, I think that would be the other thing. You are part of that family, 
And if you are a mother or father, if you're a child, um, I wouldn't place the child in this conversation, uh, but if you're a mother or father, you are responsible to any connections that have been made and any connections that have been broken. And you get the, you get the gift and opportunity to learn from them. And then guess what? Hopefully you get to do it again and you're gonna fall lots of other times. A lot of people will be like, oh, it's greener on the other side. Oh, I got remarried. And then they'll get remarried like, I'm still the same person. <laughs> I'm still the same person. Focus on what is it that you can do as well as, you know, it's not that you don't have focus on the other person and what they've done or what they've been through or anything because that is the whole focus is that you're taking everyone's um, experience it's like a terrible car accident, I call it, you know, and everyone is healing. And then you want to accept the healing and let everyone get bandaged up. Let everyone walk out of the hospital. Let everyone walk out of the room. Let everyone walk out healed. Hmm. Don't don't say it's okay that that person gets to stay where they're at because that person's going to marry someone else or be with someone else's children. So we're just passing along what we leave, yeah. right? So we got to leave it better than it came. Whether or not the other person wants to choose those things, that's totally up to them. You cannot control that. But if you want to choose it better than you found it, that would be my wisdom. That's awesome. I, I do want to take a minute to plug your website, uh, if that's okay. Oh, my website to my... Oh, my current website is private, but if it does go public, I oh, would I like to... Okay. Yeah. Um have it available but it is public at this time so it is. okay and it's yeah you fit. i'm sorry it's a uh, private at this time it's private but at this time. yeah okay. you fit life after divorce okay when, when it's out and we'll just put out you fit life after divorce.com yeah. it's a, a one-stop shop for resources for people divorcing yeah right where they can go and and see what's available to them what kind of support they can get um and i think it's, it's a fantastic resource once it's made public uh, hopefully that's sooner rather than later. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I still, you know, I do talk with several people and go over those services and different things. It's uh, been more one-on-one. That's why it's been private. But, um, you know, you, we always know in time when, you know, those things are going to come about and, you know, yeah. when it becomes a community, community thing. <laughs> okay, well, I want to thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.